News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. And I'm Alan Gilbert with darkoakpressmedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, this time in the ether. Yeah, okay. You can hear. Alan sound a little off. Is Alan's levels okay, Max? I couldn't hear him. Anyway, hey, uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Check out all the action, including the very unique must-have item of the week. Well, uh, guys, so uh, if you can hear some of that nice, if you can hear a nice, pleasant breeze in the background, and I don't know if sunshine translates. Um, it is, we are here at the uh, Memphis Italian Fest. It's a beautiful day, man. It's, uh, it's, you couldn't really ask for better weather. It's the 31st annual uh, Memphis Italian Fest. And, uh, Alan, this is your wheelhouse, man. You live for this kind of thing. Oh, my goodness, yes. We're outside. There's food cooking. It's just delightful. So get get over here. It's a great family event. It's There's really things for everybody. And, uh, it you like we said, the weather's perfect. It's over at the corner of uh, Park and uh, Mendenhall. So it's uh, it's it's. Really, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, speaking of that, Alan, one of our uh, buddies, Cindy Williams from Shelf Genie of the Mid-South, is uh, she's here. They're set up. You know, she's in mm-hmm. her mobile command center. And, uh, folks, now, this is her, uh, I would call it, this is her smaller setup. But she's going to be dropping in. She might have to call in. I don't know. We have guests that may or may not show up, so I don't really want to tease them. So. There's a lot of distractions here, Joe. Yeah, this Alan's uh... going to have to focus. They're over there. Yeah. They're cooking already. Mm, I see. mean. The, I'm already losing it. There's an outdoor kitchen, and uh, I think what we're gonna—I think we're also gonna get one of the. Uh, so, Alan, uh, we've got the defending. They've—they've they've won this six years in a row. The defending Ooh. champion Scott Maines with uh, Mama Biondani's. That's their tent. Mm. They're over here, about 50 feet from us. Alan is drooling. They're gonna—they're getting their stuff ready. <laughs> he might be dropping in to give us kind of a background of what's uh, what it's like to uh, compete in the. Uh, contest set up you, you know get set up and all that so but uh alan we're not deterred we also have a a, a great critter wars i got video of this i need oh, to remember to do. put it up on our facebook yeah. but uh this is snakes versus concrete primer <laughs> who wins in that battle i found out i got i got hard evidence of what mm-hmm. happens in that situation um we have uh of course, we have our must-have item of the weeks. So we have actually we got quite a few things, but and Max has one of his deep cuts, which I guess you you said Max, this is going to be something we're going to really enjoy, right? Oh yes, definitely. All right, Max is really going to enjoy. Well, it's in it's in honor of D Day because you know D Day is coming up. We don't mm-hmm, we don't is. forget about our our veterans and everything. So it's going to be sort of a unique one, and uh, Max promises uh, it'll be interesting. And once again, we invite you to a call or text at the. Uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. So it's all coming at you today on Tool Talk Radio. But before we get to any of that... And now, Tool Talk Radio's weekly salute. Sometimes a blending of elements can yield good results. Life on Earth wouldn't be possible without the perfect blending of conditions. In particular, our location in the solar system and the abundance of liquid water on our planet. Right, Alan? Indeed. One of the things that makes Star Wars so great is the blending of interesting characters and the fascinating worlds they inhabit. 
<laughs> okay. Max the Purdue. You didn't react, Alan. I mean, I'm, I'm feeding you good stuff. Okay. I, I'm, ju- I'm just wa- – you know what? I'm distracted. No Jar Jar Binks comments. <laughs> Max, the multi- Max, the multitasking producer, often likes to blend his martial arts training with his meal preparation, which actually <laughs> led to the creation of some of his signature, signature dishes, most notably – his punched egg souffle, mm. <laughs> his karate-chopped beef tenderloin, and the ever-famous roundhouse-kicked and foot-tossed gluten-free vegetarian pizza. Oof. Max, I hope you washed your feet before oh. that one, man. Okay. I'm the only one eating, and I don't have to worry about any okay. germs. And, of course, when Alan Gilbreth was attempting to break into Broadway by writing the next big action musical, his approach was to blend several genres together in order to attract multiple fan bases. And so, when he presented his pitch for Jack the Ripper versus Weird Al Yankovic versus the Teletubbies, <laughs> he was already mentally preparing his acceptance speech for the inevitable Tony Award this magnum opus would win. Unfortunately, however, the theatrical executives didn't agree and found fault with several key points with Allen's production. Most notably... His plans to give the giant sun baby the power to breathe fire, which in their opinion would never pass OSHA standards. His insistence that the role of Tinky Winky could only be played by Robert Downey Jr., which could prove cost prohibitive. And that the lyrics to the musical's big show-stopping number entitled, I'll Gut Your Accordion Like a Fish, were found to be of poor taste and too shocking for younger audience members. Alan, you're a visionary. I will never... I got news for you. It didn't bother the focus group at all. You talk about a catchy tune, man. That's an earworm. Yes, throughout throughout the history of the human race, we have continued to invent and innovate, not only in the things we build, but what we build things out of. And this especially holds true when it comes to working with metals. After millennia of studying the strengths and weaknesses of different metals... Metallurgists have also discovered the benefits of blending several elements together to create the remarkable metal we celebrate today. My friends, we give you aluminum. Yeah. Or, if you will, aluminium. Aluminium, We got there, Alan. Uh, It took a while. I wish wish every now and then, rather than the applause, I could just give a boo. (laughs) (laughs) We got the foghorn foghorn, uh, sound effect there, Max. Not the um, same. All right, all right, butt out, Max. Well, so, okay, Alan, <laughs> aluminum I thought was worthy of a salute because um, it's a fairly recent discovery. In terms of if we're going to talk about history, it is a recent discovery. Right, it's a say. recent discovery in how to get to it. Right. Okay, because, okay, Alan, I got full disclosure. You know, it's funny. When I write these things, I usually start with what I want to insult you with or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Then I, uh, you know, write, I, I fill it in. Then I actually do the research. And then you actually find a fact or two to back it up. Well, yeah. I, I, in my, in my, <laughs> na- my naivete, I thought actually aluminum was a blending of different metals. No. Not, I, it's a blending of elements. But uh, tell, us, tell us what aluminum is. I thought this was actually a fascinating uh, well, education I got. Basically, alum. Uh, or aluminum oxide yeah. is actually one of the biggest fillers of the planet Earth. That's interesting. What is it, it's now? Everywhere, it's everywhere. So, all right, now most things exist in nature as some form of blend or oxide. So let's say we're going to go. Oxide means to blend something. Well, the oxide means it has oxygen in it. 
Oh, so gotcha. okay. so let's let's pick on something easy. Let's pick on a piece of iron. Okay. And if you leave it out in the rain, what happens to any piece of iron? Yeah, rust. it's going to rust. Right. It becomes iron oxide. Right. All right. Well, iron oxide is what we actually find. And then we have where, where to refine it? it. Just buried in the ground? Just... Well, the core of the earth is iron. So we find all of these things are digging, mining, finding things. Would they get, sorry, you know I interrupt when I get mm-hmm, interested. Mm-hmm, sorry, would, they get, would they get stirred up by the shifting tectonic plates and everything? Does that make it, uh, does that make it, uh, well, you know, that actually changes because of the pressures and that kind of stuff. It actually changes what is there right. and how it got there. I got so you. so here we go. We have planet Earth, and we have a lot of aluminum oxide. Right. The problem is aluminum oxide is really friendly. Yeah. And it blends with everything. That's the problem? And that is the problem because we couldn't figure out how to get it loose. Okay. <laughs> so, well, yeah. like iron was easy. You just got it really, really hot. Right. And the slag and the, and the stuff would come out, and then we could make stuff out of it. Right. Aluminum... Well, it doesn't react like that. It is basically electrolysis. So aluminum was not possible without electricity. Now, I didn't know that. I thought it was a chemical thing. Well, so it was a long chemical process. Okay. Modern aluminum, what take, all right, now keep in mind, at one point in time, aluminum was considered to be rarer and far more valuable than gold. Uh, I got my notes here. I okay. got a funny story about that. Okay, go, go for it. Oh, okay. Well, this is, so apparently Napoleon was a big proponent mm-hmm. of aluminum. I, I did a little yes. digging. And you already knew this story, but I'll, you know, what, hey, this is my research, Alan, so I guess. Absolutely. Get, so it said he hoped he could find a lightweight metal that he could use to make weapons for his soldiers. Yes. But it wasn't really working out for him. He, I guess, I don't know, aluminum doesn't strike me as a very good weapon. It may be parts of the, like if you had a sword or something, but... Maybe the sheath, but it seems like it would bend easier, right? I mean, and maybe it wouldn't stay sharp as long. Or well, again, but... it depends on what you wrapped it around. Okay. Well, whatever it was, right. whoever his weapon his weapon experts were, they, they weren't getting it done. So he got frustrated and melted it down and turned it into cutlery. But the funny thing is when he would, serve, when he would have these big uh, dinners, all the honored guests got the aluminum forks and, and knives, and then all yes. the peasants had to use gold. Yeah, they had to make do with the gold. <laughs> Because it was the common thing. And apparently when aluminum came out, if uh, so back in the day, it was like $16 a pound. We're talking the 1800s here, which is equivalent to $419 in our money. And then as soon as they discovered how to make it commercially viable, like you say, with the right. electrolysis and all this, it dropped to like 2 bucks a pound. It, it became yes. so... But I didn't realize how abundant it was. It's everywhere, huh? It, it is. Well, you know, today we hear a lot about bauxite. Uh, bauxite mines and that kind of stuff where aluminum is very easily extracted by modern methods. Okay. Gotcha. Of Now, to, to dive into how you make aluminum, we haven't got that kind of time today. It is a complex system. Right. But the early metallurgists understood it was there, understood that through a very long, complicated process, they could derive it. And it was so important in 1884 when we opened the Washington Monument, right? Yeah. It was capped with? Aluminum. There you go. Because aluminum. And, and that made it more popular, right? Like oh, suddenly it was in the mainstream. Big, shiny right. thing up there on top. Oh, my gosh. People went wild over this stuff. Right. But as with all modern things, the better we got at making it, 
the more we kept finding, right. the easier it kept getting, the better the process got refined. So a poor aluminum, as we call it here on this side of the pond, yeah. of a quick shout out to all of our New Zealand, UK, and Scotland listeners now. Oh, yeah. We're, we're picking up, you know, all of you guys, I think you believe you pronounce it aluminum. Yeah. So the big thing was it's now, it's not rare. Well, and now we make it by the metric tons. Alan, we're glancing over something, and just for my own clarity, because mm-hmm. I like to think I ask the everyman questions. What does it actually look like? If you just dig and you found some aluminum, is it a chunk You're of metal? You're not going to find it. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. What is it What is it that they – is it like they mixed a bunch of things together? Well, it is when you're, when you're breaking things apart. Uh-huh. So as metallurgists were experimenting with other combinations, they would find these little leftovers. You know, uh, think like Teflon. You know, the, the researchers were looking for one thing, and then they couldn't wipe the stuff out of the test tube, and they discovered something even better. Okay. So aluminum was kind of this weird byproduct of all of these different – and we're going back to not even metallurgy. We're going back to trying to convert lead to gold. Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, we're 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 back in the Middle Ages with the cat's paw and the you know the whole the whole. Um, we're in we're in Dwight Schrute territory. Yes, uh, we're okay. we're we're yeah. somewhere between UFOs, ancient aliens, and you know magic. Alan, you know what you're making me think, and you know you knew it was going to lead this way. So one thing we've talked about here on Tool Talk Radio is the uh, detecting ability that a lot of technology is bringing mm. us, like. There may be a time you could take an app on your phone and just point it at the ground in your yard and and look at what's 50 feet or 100 feet below it or something, you know. And we're getting to these stages. Well, it's making me wonder what else we're going to discover. We we've barely scratched the surface. We don't really know what's, you know. I mean, there could be things in there, and if we can extract them and they're useful, like aluminum or something. But uh, well, I don't know. Well, well, Joe, you're actually setting up the domino effect, right? Of technology because early early on we discovered copper and copper was easy because you could see copper right you know you found rocks that were green and occasionally you found rocks that looked like pennies yeah they were shiny and if you were determined enough with a hammer you could beat the rock out of it and actually have a piece of metal Hmm. so i mean some of the very very earliest stages somebody went you know hey look this thing, we can roll it up and pound it down and make it sharp and pointy and shiny and uh, it looks good. You know, one thing that humans have always been kind of guilty of, if it's shiny, we like it. Yeah, good point. So yeah. we would beat and beat and beat this down and now suddenly we have a metal. Yeah. And then we get into copper and then from there you begin looking for other shiny objects. And you get into, from the copper age, we move to the bronze age. Yeah. And each age brings us newer and better materials. Well, the other thing I wanted to, the reason I wanted to mention aluminum, Alan, is because, okay, in our modern applications, I can tell you, I mean, the one thing I, that, that it made an impact on me. I learned this when I was a kid. And uh, basically that aluminum, you could stick some aluminum foil in the oven. Yes. If you just stuck it in, you could put the 400 degrees, reach in there, and the aluminum, you could just pick it up with your hand. It's not. Pretty close, yeah. It doesn't really hold. If there's Now, if there's some grease or something on it, that's the hot part. But but that always fascinated me, and I thought there's there's got to be a ton of applications for something when it doesn't conduct heat. Like there's, I mean, I'm sure there's several tools that we use 
that aluminum would be a big benefit. Cause it's, no, how about the fact that uh, simple little thin aluminum foil uh, is powerful enough to reflect microwaves? Uh-huh. Well, the tinfoil hat guys the, know that. The tin, they, you know, they there is the actually curve. a reason yeah. we make that joke. Right. Uh, is you you can actually, if we lined this tent right. with aluminum foil, we would be basically making uh, a Bernoulli box. <laughs> so that actual yeah. signals, Wi-Fi, would not penetrate. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the power of just that little bitty thin little tin foil you have laying around the house. And how is it with conducting electricity? Because I oh, know that it'll but... go through a, a ladder. We've learned that oh, the yeah. hard way. <laughs> we both learned that. <laughs> of Aluminum is fantastic with electricity. Okay. Of That is why you see it in so many printed circuit boards. That's why aluminum has become such an integral part of, of, our, of our modern life. Think about all the aluminum cookware sets out there. Uh, the, Max, keep score. Today there's gonna. I we, we've we've got a drinking game. Uh, oh oh, I'm, you're I'm not gonna make gonna, it. You're not gonna make it through the first hour. I'm surrounded by Italian. We're food. at the Italian fest. Oh no, the no. cooking references. The, the food dude is on full force today. Okay. So, but yeah, the cooking I could see for sure. Well, well for one thing, it doesn't rust. It, well, exactly. It doesn't oxidize like iron does. Right. It doesn't need once you've. Once you've got it. Now, the other cool thing with aluminum is that it's really easy to constantly reproduce it. Right. So in your backyard with, like, some plaster of Paris and some sand, yeah. you can actually make a kill that will melt aluminum. And uh, you can make your own aluminum ingots. Well, we may get there, Alan. I, I don't know. I've, I've already done this with a friend. You know, we've, we've sat around melting cans down making aluminum ingots, and actually a bizarre bit of artwork these days, you yeah. want to talk about truly bizarre, is to take like a big fire ant nest, go <laughs> melt you yeah. about a quart of aluminum, and pour it in the top of the fire ant nest, and then they dig it up, and here is this bizarre, just beautiful uh, sculpture of how the ants made the nest. They don't like it, but I've seen those, and then they, yeah, they hose it off. They get well, you don't like fire ants anything. anyway, so you right. know, it doesn't end well for them. But but uh, yeah, that's a Friday night at your house. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 an option. Okay. Uh, so welcome to aluminum. Now aluminum hasn't finished evolving, because now we have dozens of different grades of aluminum. Yeah. We have everything uh, pretty much the highest class in right now. I believe we just generally call aircraft aluminum. Brother, you talk about lightweight and hard. Right. This stuff is amazing. The softest aluminum would be like your soda cans. Yeah. Now, here's a trick. The aluminum that makes the tab is not the same grade aluminum as the can. Yeah. It's actually a harder, better aluminum. Very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> aluminum, I think that, that welcome, may carry Welcome through. to the future. All right, you know who's probably uh, very interested in this aluminum discussion, Alan? Because he's always interested in technology, mm -hmm. and I'm sure aluminum plays a role in his in his world. Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. It plays a big part in his world, in as the a matter HVAC of fact. In the HVAC world. Yes. Well, if you've got any HVAC needs, and we and we, we like to encourage people to rethink the way you look at it, you're... you're your HVAC system is sort of the heart and soul of your home, and you, you need to have a relationship with your HVAC provider, kind of like you have a relationship with a mechanic. If you mm, find a easy. good mechanic, you hold on to them for life, and your, your unit needs to be tuned up. It, needs, it may need replacement at some point, but it's also, you know, we talk about, about the, um, you're conditioning the air, which also comes mm -hmm. down to 
the Remy Halo system with the clean, you know, the clean air systems. It's not just cooling it off or heating the home. It's it's getting the quality of air up, and uh, they do it all at uh, Brown Refrigeration. They have a great business culture. They're rock solid. They're riding out all of these. Um, all of these supply oh chain issues and everything like that, and also the the, the one thing about uh, about uh, all of these systems, they tie in with the smart home system, so you can control it from your cell phone, and and they do it all over at Brown Refrigeration. So get in touch with Larry Brown. You can call him directly at 901-362-1881, or go to their website brownref.com. All right, Alan. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. If we're lucky, I think we're going to get one of the competitors from the uh, cooking uh, contest here at the Memphis Italian Fest. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio uh, here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I wonder if they're fraternal or identical tools. <laughs> News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. those two jerks no it's precisely anyway. because you're on location that i felt like bringing back the jerk all right <laughs> anyway welcome back to uh, tool talk radio coming to you from the brown refrigeration studios i'm joe thorderson with thor's hammer carpentry and wood turning here with my buddy alan gilbert from darkoakmedia.com and our pal max over there back at the studio and it's not can- the it's the command center not the studio Max, the interrupting uh, producer. You're welcome. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and give us a like. I've already posted the must-have item of the week, and I'm, I've got to remember, Alan, I got some interesting video of a snake that had an encounter with some concrete primer. Snake with an attitude. Uh, right. I'll get that posted at the break. But um, anyway, uh, we would love for uh, we'd love to talk to you. We're over here at the Memphis Italian Festival. It's the 31st annual Memphis Italian Fest. They haven't been able to hold it since 2019. And boy, am I glad you really it's you couldn't have ordered a better day. Mm. It's comfortable. We're in a nice shady spot. Um, it's going it, to it's not open yet. I think they open at 11. But it's going to start picking up here in in just a bit, and it's a it's a great family event. It's it's if you've never been here, it's over in East Memphis at Park and uh, Mendenhall. Really, a lot of fun. Bring your family. You know, um, uh, be- great food. Tonight's oh, the big. Yeah. Uh, they have they have lots of great music. Check their website. Uh, go to their Facebook page. They have updates over there. Memphis Italian Festival. But um, hey, Alan, um, you know it wouldn't be right if we didn't ha- if we didn't get the cooking talk going and. Oh. Uh, I thought, who better to invite on the show than the, uh, okay, let's make sure, I want to introduce him properly, uh, Scott Maines from Team Mama Biondini, that's right. Scott, you guys have won five of the last seven years of the uh, of the, of the cooking contest, is that right? No, we made the finals, the final six teams. Okay. Who makes the finals, and then and then we won this last year, so we're defending champs. Okay, and you, you said you're, you're pretty confident, you you fully intend to win this year too, right? Absolutely. Okay. He's Absolutely. and I see I see Alan. He's already got his uh, Miller Light over here. Is that how you guys roll over there? Eight well, in the morning. Well, yeah. we uh, we finished a bottle of Jameson last night, so we had to drink <laughs> right. something. So, yeah, we're going with the Miller Light right now. We'll see how it works out. Well, you guys, when you get to the Memphis Italian Fest, if you've never been here before, it's real. It's real cozy. It's like you guys almost set up your own portable, almost restaurant space. There are these big. Uh, you know, tents, they're like 20 feet across, 10 feet, you know, whatever. They're about, they're about 20 by 20, I would say, Alan. They've got, that. you guys got a picket fence. You've got a portable kitchen, and this is, this is your, you know, this is your headquarters for the weekend. 
Absolutely. So we've been in it since 98, so we got aprons all around our fence for each of the years that we've been in it. And, of course, we've got a trophy display that we almost had to get a whole booth for because we got so many. But, you know, we found space. Yeah, but, Scott's not shy about it. Hey, <laughs> hey it's, it's, it's confidence if you, get it, if you win. It's uh, arrogance if you don't. What so do they say? It ain't bragging win. if you can do it. That's it. That's, That's right. it. Okay, so what is this contest like? Because, I mean, among other things, you're, you're, you're basically entertaining. you got people in and out of your booth. You're, are you the main cook, or do you got a whole team over here? Or? Yeah, um, we, we had the eldest male. It's a family team, so the eldest male uh, has the kitchen. And my uncle had the kitchen about eight years ago. I took over the kitchen. Uh, he moved up to New York, and, you know, you can't have northerners cooking there. <laughs> so he got fired uh but no no but we uh so i have some buddies that uh that i grew up with that helped me and my I, my son i got 26 year old sons back in the kitchen with me now love that my 15 uh, year old boy even did some work and i hadn't seen him work in years mm. so that, that was nice <laughs> but uh but no i everybody you know when you win everybody wants to come help i haven't seen this many people in my booth this early mm. uh, ever but uh, but you everybody's here, here. You guys were here at seven in the morning, and seven I mean, o'clock. and the contest is not till what? We got five or six hours till. Yeah, we have blind. We we turn out a blind box at eleven. Uh, so you put it in a nice big cup and and then take it to the judges, and then fifteen minutes later we'll get three judges every fifteen minutes, and then they decide if you make finals. If you make finals, they bring they bring three judges to you at one time, mm. to, and the same three go taste all six. So they they're pretty full probably when they get done. Wow. I, yeah. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, I mean, oh. I think by the time. So, but oh, Alan, Let me tell you about judging food contests. Yeah, oh, how do you gosh, pace yourself, yeah. Alan? I mean, well, I, the, the big thing is, is is making sure you've got your palate cleansed. Oh. You, you don't want a little leftover garlic from booth A following you over to booth B. Right. So there there's a lot of uh, sipping, rinsing, spitting, chewing gum. Uh, there's, there's a lot of getting that palate clear. So that when you sit down at the next competitor, you get a good, clean, you know, a good, clean showing. And the other thing is good notes. I was you got to take, say. you got to, I mean, you'll see every judge of that pen clicked and they'll be just, they'll take a little sip and they'll write longer than it took them to take a bite. Well, Scott, uh, what is the criteria? Okay, so let's just be clear here. This is a this trophy's awesome. We're gonna we're gonna post it. It's uh, basically so a spaghetti oh. pot up on a on a pedestal with uh, all the names of the winners. I guess they're gonna run out of plaque space soon. They're gonna have to make the base bigger or something. You know, funny but, enough, that this year we won. It actually was the last spot for a plaque. And then uh, they added a row. I was like, we get to keep it, right? I mean, because you got nothing to do with it now. Right. It's right. No. It didn't work out. No. It didn't but, work out. But, but um, so there's a lot of bragging rights with this. But what? So we're talking about a spaghetti sauce cooking competition. Well, gravy. Do you gravy? Okay, sorry. See, I'm not, I'm from so, the north. It's right. Sorry. Sauce is marinara. You throw meat in it, it becomes gravy. Okay, so Scott, what is the <laughs> what is your criteria? Okay, for one thing, two questions. Do you, do you do the same recipe every year? Number two. How do you wow the judges? I mean, isn't there a lot of uh, uh, subtleties and just things to think about with uh, gravy? Yeah, you know, the you're out in the elements, so it, it, it adds a little bit more fun to the excitement. But uh, I'm pretty much make the same thing. It's a, The base is my grandmother's recipe for sure. And then we've added some things. Like she would have never used uh, as expensive the meats that we use. Right. She would have slugged me in the mouth. She was on a budget, uh, huh? Yeah. She, she, her, her philosophy was let's feed as many people as we can. When we, mm-hmm. when we empty a can, it has to be. There can't be any stuck to the sidewall, nothing. It better all be in that pot. And she's gone. She's passed on, with me, as well as my grandfather. 
Um, but they watching. I know. Mm-hmm. Can they're we watching. can we give a shout out? Uh, tell me because I'm looking. I don't know if I can pronounce his last it's, name correctly. Yeah, it's uh, it's Laszlo Cheney and Francis Biondini. That does not look like Cheney to me. I know, there's like he's Hungarian. Know. So yeah. well, you know. So there's paprika in our in our gravy. That's right. give you the secret. You've got a great <laughs> you've got a great photo of Laszlo. You've got I will say you've got a, almost a, a trophy wall. You've got all your trophies displayed. You got Laszlo up there mm-hmm. in his World War II. Uniform. I love the the whole tradition because you had people of all ages in your tent the other day. Yeah, we feed a hundred. We last night we fed two hundred people in our booth. Oh we, my goodness! We made wow. we made uh, fifteen dozen handmade ravioli. We got together about three weeks ago. A good buddy of mine, Stephen Coletta, we went to his restaurant out in Bartlett, mm-hmm. barred the back room, and we we roll it by hand. Everything's by hand. Everything you know. My grandfather told me when you're kneading the dough, I'm like, man, I you know he kept every time I'd look at him and say, am I done? He goes, no, no, not yet. Keep going. And I'm like, man. When when do I know if it's, it's a workout? Yeah. He says when the when the ceiling's leaking. Yeah. When sweat's dropping off your head, that's when that's you're when done. You know. That's what he said. So I'm like, all right, man. I'm not going to sweat in it though. If that's okay. I was about to say, okay, I think I draw the line at uh, sweating. I guess that gives that an extra salty flavor or something. But uh, well, it depends on what you drink. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fresh ingredients, all for you know, because I I mean, if I could, I would eat Italian food for every meal. But you know, obviously all the carbs and everything. But man, when you talked about. Uh, Homemade ravioli. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God, did that sound? Yeah. Good. So, so in the contest, they are judging the gravy, but they allow you to have a co- an, any accompaniment with it if it helps enhance it or whatever. So we always drop some ravioli on the bottom of the bowl and then put the gravy on the top. And then if they want to go deep and right. get some ravioli, bet if they just want to taste the gravy, they can taste the gravy. So that's some extra stuff that uh, we try to throw in because I mean, who doesn't want homemade ravioli? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. I mean, I'm I'm all over that. And so, uh, do you have a favorite Italian food, Scott? Like, what what's your go-to, man? Man, I I'd have to say it's Mama Biondini gravy. Okay, well, there you go. On anything, basically. Man, take get some knot bread, dip it in there, mm. chow down. It's there great, man. Hey, it, Scott, if people wanted to uh, drop by and and look at your uh, trophy wall, are they allowed to do that? Because I know Absolutely. everybody's got their own booth. You can't yeah. just, folks. If you show up here at the Memphis Italian Fest, you know you might. Um, you, you, well, you don't just barge into people's booths. If you want to look right. at something, they'll probably be more than happy to let you see it. Scott is not shy about bragging about all their achievements over there, but oh, it's impressive. You, you got you got be. a whole wall of. Uh... Yeah, that's right. Now, the the one thing that people should know is that we aren't allowed to serve food, you know. Right. Because we don't have a vendor license. We 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 don't. Nobody wants to get in trouble, right? So if they come up to get food, we're not being we're not being mean. We just can't do it. You know, right? It's it's almost like you're. It's like a house party. It's like your, you know, a, a yeah. backyard uh, dinner party or something like that. So, yep. it's great though. The extent to the, I mean, the way you've got it decorated is great. It looks really cool at night. It looks like a, because to- uh, Alan, I've been to Italy. Mm-hmm. I, I went when I was a kid, and I just remember. If I remember anything about it, I remember the coziness of those dinners and just how delicious the food was. I mean, that's what they're all about mm-hmm. there. So. I mean, well, the one thing I do want to point out is even though there's a lot of private uh, setups out here, there are a lot of public food vendors as right, well. Right, right. You so, can eat. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it's not like you're going to walk around and smell the food and can't get a taste. Uh, it's just you have to go to the commercial vendors right. that have the health inspections and the licenses and everything that they're supposed to have. Yeah, they have a now, the competitors booth, is, here, you know, so. the competitors is a little different, yep. a little different ballgame. But, yeah, there's plenty of food here, so don't. Don't think you can't. Yeah. You can. And live music and everything. But, Scott, what's the bigger job, setting up the uh, 
Because it's a pretty impressive display. I'm sure it takes, you know, quite a while to set up. But is it the cooking or the setup? Man? Well, we, we break it up pretty good. Um, you know, we do barbecue as well, and this is obviously so mm. much easier and so much better. So w- once you've had that, and then two weeks later you get to do this, and you're like, wow, this is really easy. So really? you're trying to set the, you set the tone, and then you're like, oh, all right. But we, we chip in. I mean, I have probably on Tuesday I have a bunch of guys jumping cars, and we go fill up a trailer with the fence and the flooring and and then the tent, of course, gets set up by McAfee or whoever did it. I'm not sure. But we go pick everything up on Tuesday, drop it, set up a little bit. And then Wednesday at, at noon, my sister and my mom and, and whoever they can lasso into it mm-hmm. come out and start decorating. So she, my sister is really responsible for most of what you see there in the decorating side. I'm just I'm – just, uh, I'm just a functional guy, you know. I want to. I want to make the food. and I want to make it right. I don't right. care if I look pretty when I do it. There you go. I guess that's why I'm on radio right now because I ain't dang pretty. That's I don't know. Right. I did but, say dang, by the way. Yeah, that's you're all right. welcome. There, there you go. Hey, you watch. Good, good job. <laughs> hey, uh, but you know, Scott, the uh, how long have you been going? Because I've been coming to the Italian Fest almost since I moved to Memphis in like 1995, and. Uh, it evolved. It started in the parking lot at Holy Rosary Church, and it's 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 a full blown festival. They get probably fifteen or twenty thousand people. Mm-hmm. But how long yeah. have you been going here? Uh, so. Ninety eight, ninety eight. Oh, so but if you look who won it in twenty twenty, COVID won it in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, they actually <laughs> stuck that. COVID on the trophy. <laughs> yep. So, so ninety eight. What did it look like back then? Because I remember it looked similar to this, but yeah, um, it was here. Yeah, um, uh, the booths were a little smaller. Um, you you had a you had a wait list. You know, and that's what. Yeah, they everybody kept, wanted in. Every year, they they they. I don't even know if they discuss it anymore. But somebody brings it up. They talk about moving it somewhere so they can ha- add more teams and make it bigger. No, you can't move it away from Holy Rosary. I mean, I mean, we had we had ma- we had the mass come through yesterday. Put Mary up and right. did mm. a blessing. Priest came around the holy water. You know, Father Gallagher. Yeah. I threw some of my gravy back at him because it's oh, kind of yeah. holy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to, you, that's frowned upon. I don't know why. So right. you got the you got your gravy blessed. No wonder. Oh, yeah. No wonder you win every. Oh, game. Every advantage you can go with. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think you could beat the location though. It's very cozy. I love the way the trees are. The winding path that goes yeah. through here. The it's 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 perfect. If people if it gets crowded. So be it, but it's just yeah. I, I love it here. I hope they never move. So it's perfect. The vendors are nice, man. We go, you get to arts and crafts, and uh, you know we have some food. And at the end of the night, left over, we take them some food, give them a little snack. My sister's the best barterer in the business. Mm. Oh, know, is she? A plate okay. of food, half mm. price. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what is your? What's the rest of your morning look like? Because I see your workers over there. They're getting the tables yeah. spread out. It smells delicious already. So, so we we do we do the we do our veggies. So I have a veggie bomb. It's a seven or eight veggies in there, and we put it aside, saute it, make it translucent. That's nice. And get the meats. Got some good meats. Can't tell you, but they're good. And uh, and cook those on the other side. And then we get we start to get the the sauce going mm-hmm. before we combine it all for the gravy. And when we get that going, we put I put some whole carrots in there so that uh, I know when it's done. If you cook the gravy too long, it gets bitter. Right. And so you see people add sugar at the, you know, oh, oh, I did too much. And out here it's easy because sometimes you have to turn the burner up a little higher because the wind's blowing and you're mm. cooking it faster than you want to and all that. Of course, like you said, today's a beautiful day, so we can't blame it on the elements. I'll just blame it on my sous chefs. Yeah, there but uh, I, I will say this, Scott. I don't know how uh, how Fort, you know, I don't know if you thought about this, but you're, if your kitchen is completely exposed. What if, what if we got rain? What was your contingency plan? 
Well, we 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 cook through it. Um, we, we, can, <laughs> we can get wet, Joe. We, we get wet. Let me let me just tell you, we've got rain before, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and you just you just have to muscle through. You know, sometimes we'll we'll set up a little pop up tent or do something. We got that uh, canopy tent over there, and just get the one pot that we're running with off under it, and and I sit out there and get wet. Okay, you got to suffer for your art, as Absolutely. we've said many That's times. Right. Now, yeah. one I got one other thing I'm very curious about. What is the Okay, because I, I haven't counted, but I'd have to guess there's at least, like, I don't know, 40, 40 competitors here, 40 or 50 tents. Yeah. Okay, what is the nature, uh, uh, what is the competitive nature among all the the, the people, you know, the groups of, uh, you know, competitors? Are they are you guys good sports, or is this cutthroat, dog-eat-dog, or what does the behind-the-scenes look like here? You know, you get, you get, you get a lot of good lucks. Um, yeah, uh, last Do they year, really mean it? No. <laughs> <laughs> can't trust an Italian. Uh, no, we uh, last year when we won, we had uh, several of the people. And, you know, we were in the finals a lot, and a lot of the same teams end up in the finals a lot. I mean, it just happens. I mean, right. you know, they, they cook. Everyone out here is cooking with their heart and their passion. Their recipes are all good. I mean, right. it's great Italian food all around the park mostly, except for the people that fell asleep and burned their gravy. Mm. But the other people, it's good. But, you know, when they come by afterwards, they're coming by and going, oh, yeah, good job. You won. Uh, how did you do it? What you set up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, what's like, your recipe, on, by the way? Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me oh, have man. a taste. Let me you, man, you need to get on out of here now. Figure, figure uh, out what you did different. <laughs> that's yeah. what I keep wondering because Alan's told me he knows what the 11 herbs and spices are in Kentucky Fried Chicken, which I don't believe. But he said, no, you know. No, I do so, indeed. Alan, if you went up to there, would you be able to, to tell what Scott stuck in that uh in that gravy, or? Mm, if you if, if I if I get a bowl of it, I could I could come up with about 90 percent of it. I'll bring you a bowl, and we we can sit around and you know the the, the real the, all right. But see, he's already given away the secret on how to win these things. What's that? And that is, you don't cook food. Okay. You assemble food. Uh, now, well, see, I don't know what you away, mean by that. All right. Well. What I mean by that is you'll notice he has different stations set up doing different things. Right. Because different items cook different ways with different results. Mm. And then when you combine them, you recombine the results. So he hasn't got one pot over there with everything in it all cooking at the same rate at the same time doing the same thing. What he's done is he's done his veggies. He's got his meats. He's got his sauce. He's got his, you know, he's got his spice blend. And I pretty much guarantee the spice blend doesn't go all in at one time. Uh, are you giving away too many gradually. of the secrets here? No, this what do you is, think of this, Scott? These he... are competitor secrets for everybody. If you, now, see, I used to compete all the time with barbecue. And, you know, the big thing is you got to get that smoke ring in there. Right. And then you started working on the layers and the different effects and... So he said he does barbecue. He's, he does the same thing. So basically what you're doing, it's like, like you and I building something. Right. You build a foundation. You get all that set. Then you go to the next step. So he's very carefully got a crafted, it's not a recipe, it's a process is that, that goes it? into what makes his So if every so item good. is good, obviously, if every yeah. step of the process, is that kind of? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm an engineer by trade, so. Oh, yeah. see. <laughs> It works. Out, it works. Out. <laughs> SOPs are what I know. So, so we do the same thing. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. We we want we want the meat on the side because we're going to drain it. We use very lean meat anyway. Right. But you don't want any of that grease inside of that pot. Right. But with the veggies, we do a little olive oil and some water 
to get mm-hmm. those translucent, and we just let that be the base for the for the next pot because then it's it's got oil in it. Nothing's going to stick. Right. Every time you add something that's room temperature or less than the heat of the wall of that pan, you got to give it a dance before yeah. it, it, it gets nasty. Yeah. So. See, see, it's it's it's. it's Cooking is not what people think it is. That's right. No. Of, um, I hate to say it, Americans overall are fairly lousy cooks. Well, however, pretty broad. Now, as a broad sweep, look, any country that sells you a device that comes with a code <laughs> to cook your food for you is not a right. culinary country. Right. On the flip side of it, on the exact opposite end, we have amazing festivals like this where individuals really get in and push the limits of what we can do in the kitchen. Yeah. And because keep in mind, there are 40 competitors out here all aiming for the same prize, basically with the same product. Well, but you're going to have 40 different processes, 40 different spice mixes, 40 different. It's it's and it's all going to be everyone is going to be just slightly different. And even if you gave each team out here the exact same ingredients, the exact same everything, yeah. you would still get 40 different flavors. Well, Scott, I'll give you this, man, because we got here, uh, Ditch and I were here at like 6.45 this morning, and I have to say, I think you guys were the first uh, team that was are. here. Each year we usually are. And that says, I'm looking at a couple tents that they're not, they haven't even showed up yet. So maybe there's something to that, man. Well, you know, not to, I'm not throwing anybody under the yeah, bus, yeah, but yeah. hey, man, you got to work for this, so. Well, you know, they like to they like to cook the day before. They okay. like to they gotcha. like to do things like you know, oh, we're gonna let it rest, and you know, uh, you know what? I, again, I'm doing the same thing every time. I'm getting out here and I'm gonna work all morning, my guys. We're gonna work all morning. We're gonna get sweaty. We're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. enjoy what we're doing. And when the judge gets there, I'm gonna know I put some work in. And and you feel like it's more passionate talk when I talk to the judges because I just did this. I just did it. I just mm-hmm. chewed this dirt, man. Let's right. go at it. Well, hey, I'll, I'll give you this. So if you, uh, if you show up here at the Memphis Italian Fest, in the middle of the park is a gazebo, and uh, you guys are directly across. you got a nice tree here. It's kind of giving you some shade mm-hmm. and everything. So uh, when, you're, when you get here, check out uh, Mama Biondini's tent, and, uh, and um, don't just walk in, but you can see the trophies and everything from there, and you're hoping. So tonight, what about uh, 6 o'clock is when they announce the winners? Yeah, everybody goes to the stage about 6, and then and they announce uh, – Anything Italian as well, which we entered last night and did a stuffed squid. (laughs) How did we miss that? We love talking about squid on this show. Stuffed squid. What does that look? So you take a... You take a squid and then you gut it out and then you bake it and it's with an apple in its mouth or so, is that a? No, don't look at me I, that I, way, I, Ditch. I, I, <laughs> what does stuffed squid look like? Uh, um, the, 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 yeah, does he turn the mic off when he gets pissed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, it, you know what we do? What I do is I go to the international market and I get the squid and mm-hmm. of course the inside's gone. Yeah, right. But, right. But then I chop it. Yeah. Stuff it and then toothpicks on the side. Put it in some marinara. Mm. Get it going, nice and nice. No. And hopefully I win tomorrow. Stuff squid. Tonight. I, I how did I with miss like a ravioli, that? a ravioli stuffing, or uh, it's a uh, it's ricotta cheese, uh, oh, the yeah. breadcrumbs, okay. uh, you know, a bunch of little mixes and spices. Your 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 lasagna light. Yes, I want to see light. this, yeah. man. Yes. I, when is that going to be on display? I really want to see this. Okay, it's done, eaten. Man. It got it got done. It's oh. over. Hey, but they do. I don't want to say this. They have a people's choice where the six finalists all have their gravy blind, mm-hmm. and people can pay, like, you know, 
10 bucks or something, and they can taste all six of the finals Ooh, from the year before. Go. Wow. I, I'm assuming they're doing it this year. They, you know, you know, after COVID, I don't know if everything mm-hmm. came back, but if they are, it's right over here by the gazebo as well. Well, gosh, you guys, there's really no reason to miss the Italian Fest. If you, it, for one, you know, fresh air, great family event. It really appeals to people of all ages. There's great music. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and of course, there's stuffed squid floating around here, Alan. I mean, what, could, what, could, <laughs> what more do you want? What more man? do you want? Well, Scott, I guess we gotta, uh, we're gonna have to let you go, get back into the kitchen. Yes, but sir. good luck, sir. Thank we, you. we appreciate you dropping in on. Uh, no on Tool Talk Radio, and Alan and I will probably be visiting, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm going to bring you guys to... over some gravy to try. Awesome. Ooh, when I get it done. That's awesome, man. Well, Max, uh, you're missing out today, buddy. You, you're back in the studio. You don't get in on any of this. so. Hey, I get to torture you. you from the ether. That's enough for me. All right, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, it sounds like hour one of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but never fear. Uh, we're coming back with hour two. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. We'll be right back. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from darkoakmedia.com and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. I should say back at the studio. Mm -hmm. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, it's not true to say that we're at the studios today, Alan. We're on the road once again. We we told people we're going to be here, and boy, we could not have gotten a better day. Knock on wood, I don't see any rain in the forecast. There's just... The slightest bit of little clouds, a tiny breeze. We're in the shade right now anyway, but, man, it is a beautiful day over here at the 31st Annual Memphis Italian Festival over in East Memphis. We're at the uh, at Marquette Park at the corner of uh, Park and Mendenhall, and, uh, man, the, the, it's already smelling nice over here. Oh, Alan. yes, I mean, it does. Oh, my goodness. Italian food, mm-hmm. I think, it, it, it is my favorite type of food. It's just I can't eat it every day. I mean, the carbs, wow. I, in my younger days, I could have pasta every day, <laughs> the, you know, every day, but not not anymore, man. But It's, uh, it's all about the aroma. It's all the, the great spices, the basil, the rosemary, the thyme, oregano. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. It's wonderful. It's a great, it's kind of a combination festival. They've got lots of, you know, they've got music throughout the day. They've got some of their smaller stages for, mm-hmm. you know, somebody doing a little folk music over there, maybe right. a one-man act or something. Then they've got the main stage, which tonight, uh, I should have pulled it up, Alan. I forgot. I'll, I'll check the main acts, but uh, they always have uh, they always have good acts. One time they had Je- the Jefferson Starship here. Yes. That was great. That was one of my favorite acts. But they, they always have good uh, good music, and then um, it's, it's a nice festival atmosphere. There's uh, some little rides for the kids. There's a lot of cool arts and crafts booths. There's some good vendors here. Oh, yes, and then, of course, definitely. our friend Cindy Williams is here. She's going to – we're going to have her on the show uh, shortly anyway. Oh, good, good. But, uh, Max, uh, you're back at the studio, and this is sort of a noteworthy um, – you know, Max is very into the military. He's, he's a big supporter of our military mm-hmm. and, and history. And, Max, you had – in, in lieu of our uh, confession line this year because uh, – we're right around the corner from D-Day. You wanted to do sort of a special uh, deep cut. Is that right? And now, a deep cut with Maximilian. my question. Fruit Ninja. There we go. Well, what do you got for us today, Max? Well, today we have a segment I like to call the devices of D-Day. In other words, the devices and the inventions that helped make D-Day successful. 
Ah, mm-hmm. that ties in. I'd call that a tie-in with uh, with tools. So, yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of invention and creativity they had to use for that. So, Well, first off, I'd like to highlight one of the greatest failures and then also one of the greatest <laughs> successes that came out of what I, you know, like necessity is the mother of invention, so to say. So the, right. the ultimate failure I'd like to introduce was a device by the name of the Grand Panjandrum. And Alan may know what this is, but I'm going to explain it anyways. Okay. <laughs> so the Grand Panjandrum, or just a Panjandrum for short, was a theoretical wheel that w- that had a- rockets tied to it and everything mm-hmm. on the spokes and, and explosives in the center. And the idea was to like have it ram through the fortifica- German fortifications on the Atlantic Wall in order to make room for the heavier devices like the tanks. However... The, the device literally went up in flames. It was lost control, and one of the um, uh, when there were like several generals watching it. A cameraman almost got mowed down, and yep. then at the end of it, th- there was a dog that belonged to one of the generals that ended up chasing one of the rockets that went away. <laughs> I hope he made it. Wait a minute, Al, uh, Max. This sounds a lot like. Uh, well, for one thing, it sounds like the the motorcycle that General Grievous rides in Star Wars. But the other thing, it sounds like I, I could have sworn there was a movie like I Am Spartacus or something, like an ancient Greek weapon that sounds... They basically just rolled a big, heavy thing down a hill at the enemies with all sorts of... Like they lit it on fire or something. Is oh, that I, kind think, of, I think you're thinking of the movie Troy. I thought they t- did that Troy. during like the, the quote, like during the Trojan War co- thing in the movie. Okay, so this is an ancient concept, but it, so the, it was it the same idea here? Just roll it at the enemy. Except it's it was rocket powered. A Da Vinci idea. Okay, but it didn't it, go so good. Yeah, it, it did it not. Sounds, I feel like we did things like that with with bottle rockets when we were kids on the Fourth of July on our bike. So. On your bicycle. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some successes, though, Max. And is there any other failures you wanted to highlight? No, or? but I want to talk about the success, and I'm going to get to it in a little bit. Okay. But this success actually owes itself to someone they call quote-unquote, a Tennessee hillbilly by the name of Robert. Ah. And so, Robert, let me first discuss the problem that needed to be solved. So, after the fact that, you know, like, you go beyond Omaha, Utah, Sword Beach, and everything, but now you get into the heart of Normandy. And in Normandy, the Normandy countryside, there's these um, uh, there's these things called bow cages, which are like hedges that are all around and everything. The hedges are like, you know, they're not like tree lines and everything, but they're like really annoying. Like they're like, you can't get your tanks through them. And if you try to go up them, you expose the vulnerable underside of the tank and everything. And you know, the Germans are pretty well entrenched in there. They have pretty good, they have pretty good fortifications considered like, you know, because they had time to set up. So the allies were at a disadvantage. And so the, there was a, person by the name of robert and everything he said well why don't we just like have these why don't we just use like attach these little spikes to the front of these tanks and everything you know kind of it looks kind of like it looks kind of like i'm a like clippers and everything on like a you know like that you cut your hair with and so you (laughs) use like the steel you use these little like steel things and you attach them to the front of the tank and they kind of mow through the hedges and everything wow Okay, this sounds like a lot of things we've been discussing. That was uh, that sounds a lot like from the confession line a couple weeks ago with the guy sticking a, a table saw blade on the end of his weed whacker. <laughs> I don't know, Max. This is it, it sound, All these worlds are colliding here. So, but you said that was a successful operation. That was a successful operation, and they ended up being 
you just attach, you just strap them to a Sherman tank or um, a Stewart tank, and they were called the rhinos. Yep. The rhino. <laughs> Literally push their way through hundreds of years of hedges. That's awesome. All right, do you got any? Uh, what, I think we can maybe do one or two more, Max. What else you got? Um, uh, the la- one of the other things I want to discuss was something by the name of Hobart's Funnies. And Hobart's <laughs> Funnies are a series of devices named after Major General Percy Hobart, who is in charge of like I'm a, like the operation and everything. And some of the notables from Hobart's Funnies was some was these thing was like this one device you attach it to the front of like a churchill tank which was a british tank and i think it was called with a bobbin and so the bobbin its task was it looks like you know like a fabric store and everything it's literally carrying this giant spool of you might call it carpet and so like that and then like it lays out the carpet and everything and i believe it's like to help with like terrain and everything because you know like the uneven nature of like beach terrain and so you have it that was one example of one of hobart's funnies but there was also really the sherman was a really practical tank by the way for you could put a lot of just one size fits all thing like you could modify the cannons you could modify the whatever but one of the interesting things that they added to the sherman tank it was called the crab and the crab was these series of chains or these flails that they put on the front in order to try to, like, activate mines and everything so that you're not, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to destroy mines preemptively so that you're not running through them and blowing up your own tank. Wow. You know, uh, by the way, uh, Ditch, if you're out there, just, it, it, Max, if you if you ever, um, you know, Max could probably do his own show all about tanks and weaponry <laughs> and everything, which is very interesting. Max is a very peaceful individual, but he's very fascinated with this. That's pretty cool, and I like the notion that, um, you know, of course, we always celebrate the bravery of our uh, fighting men and women and everything in, in uniform, but, man, the ingenuity of, guy, you know, probably guys like us, Alan, out in the field having to... Uh, uh, fix things or build things or whatever. So it's just it, and and of course, uh, we definitely want to give a shout out to all the Rosie the Riveters out there that that took care oh, of yes. business. That that's a fascinating rabbit hole to go down studying studying all of that. And so yeah, D Day's coming up. It's a good good idea to reflect on all of this and uh, what a big day that you know monumental day that was. So that was good, Max. Appreciate that deep cut, man. Of course. Um, all right, now tell me, do we have uh, do we have Cindy Williams on the line? Because she she wasn't able to get it. she's still getting ready. I guess she'll be here yeah. shortly. But uh, do we got her, Max? We do indeed. And oh. okay, oh she has her own walk up music. Okay, well there we go. We got Cindy Williams from Shelf Genie of the Mid South on the line. Cindy, where are you, my friend? Hi. Well, I'm in Mississippi at my house, getting ready to come to the Italian Fest. Okay. It starts at eleven, so we'll be there. Okay, you say that with a very defensive uh, tone. I'm not saying you had to be here in person, Cindy, but uh, it would have been nice to see you. But man, you're it's it's well, you've been here all weekend, and it's it's it, this is your first time out here, right? It is, and you know it's eleven to eleven, and our self skinny booth requires a teardown tonight at eleven o'clock, and then a drive back home to Mississippi. So. I just didn't get my act together to get up there that early. So thank you for it's, having me over the phone. Well, it's it's great. And so what what are now? Okay, I will say this: when you set up at some of these trade shows that are indoors, you know, you have a pretty impressive setup. I think the one uh, at the uh, Agri Center, gosh, it, it, it looked like it was about forty feet across, forty feet deep. It was big. It was like its own portable kitchen. Here, you have to do a little bit less of a setup, but I I still think people are going to get the idea of. Uh, 
what Shelf Genie is all about, right? So. Right, and we so we have a ten by ten, you know, vendor booth, and it allows us to um, interact with folks and answer questions. And we bring a cabinet that has a sample of our pull-out shelving, so that people can see the quality of it and actually get their hands on it, which is a lot of fun because, you know, a print advertisement or even a radio advertisement can't provide that um, hands-on and the interaction. So we're glad to. Be out there and visit with everyone. It's well, a lot we of always, we always, say. yeah, we always encourage people to check out to check you out in person if you if you're ever on the road. And you you set up at quite a number of events. I mean, that's what you're all about. You you love meeting people and uh, letting them see all the shelf genie gear in person. Right, and it's a great opportunity to go ahead and book a free in-home consultation. Uh, we bring our designer's calendars with us, and that's our main goal, is just to be available as people are ready. They can stop and schedule that appointment and get the ball rolling. So um, that's, that's the most important thing, is we get to interact, answer their questions, tell them what to expect with their in-home consultation, and then um, you know, get that started same day. Um, Cindy, I know this is kind of so. When you go to different events, I have to feel like okay, there's a different um, oh, I don't know, demographic that shows up at, at, at each event. Do you do you get um? Uh, I, I guess what I'm wondering is when you go uh, to some place like this, what are you hearing the most of? Is it all about uh, how do we maximize our storage or how do we get um, easier accessibility because maybe we have mobility issues or things like that? Or like, what are you hearing this weekend from uh, from everybody yeah. dropping into your booth? That's interesting because that is one of the first questions we ask people. You know, there's something that made them turn their head and look at right. the pull-out shelving in the closet pantry um, in our poster or to see the pull-outs in our physical cabinet. Um, so the the answer at our Shelf Genie booth does vary. You're right. It's interesting how, how different all the events are. Um, and even year to year, like in 2020, the thing was everyone answered I, I don't want to get on my hands and knees anymore. I'm tired of sitting on the floor literally to get my pots and pans out. This year, it's more like everything. Everything bothers me. <laughs> oh, so yeah. that's been the answer in 21 and, and kind of 22 also. And people are starting to discover that shelf genie would be convenient in other parts of the home, not just the kitchen cabinets. Um, we just uh, um, did a design for a family for their large walk-in pantry, um, as well as a double door pantry for them. So that is a truly customized walk-in pantry. It's not just your basic, hey, there's a lot of shelving on the wall and a lot of floor space to walk into. Um, we do pantries, but we also do vanities and storage closets. You can put pull-out shelving in furniture, and that's because we are custom. We custom measure we custom manufacture, we custom install, but most importantly, we custom design with the homeowner in mind so that, you know, it's truly about that family, their store, contents that they're storing in their particular space, their workflow, how frequently they access, access the content. I mean, every part of it is personalized to that family in that home and the way they use their um, storage space. So now it's all fully accessible. And I do think that that's still the main, you know, to answer your original question, that people do appreciate the most, that, oh, it's all accessible now. And I, I nothing's going to go and get lost in the back of some storage area. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, Cindy, I don't have I, to but, crawl into the storage area either to get it. Oh, 
Absolutely. You know, Cindy, we've been sitting out here all morning. We're sitting there watching some of these competitors getting ready for their, uh, you know, their cooking competition today uh, at the Italian Festival. And, you know, they've got these portable kitchens. And I'm watching um, how they're having to dig out things because, I mean, obviously this is a mobile (laughs) setup. And I'm not a cook. I know, Alan, this is your wheelhouse. But when you can just reach down, pull out Mm, a glide out, mm, grab mm. that saucepan, throw it on the stove, it, it has to speed. It has to make the cooking uh situation mm-hmm. just that much more enjoyable more efficient and just a better place to be right i mean well you know. uh, the biggest yeah. thing is once you're organized now you know where something goes right now you're not hunting for that particular spoon spatula whisk pot pan it, it when you really get serious about your kitchen really where things go gets very important and not wasting space is critical yeah hey cindy and i've met yeah. some of yeah. your uh some of your clients and what i thought was interesting was it almost becomes kind of fun to organize their kitchen or their bathroom again okay. like uh and the kids even get in on it right i mean it's like hey mm-hmm. wait a minute i can pull this out with my fingertips and then that's where that that's where that cookie sheet goes and that's where mm-hmm. the other it, right. it, it it really motivates them well, and, you know, y'all are speaking of um, so many great practical reasons, and that's one of the things that really attracted us to the Shelf Genie business is it's a very practical home improvement. It's a permanent home improvement. It's truly a wonderful investment in one's home, but more importantly, is an investment in your life, the way you live and function in the most important kitchen, I mean, the most important room in the house. I mean, everyone is in there multiple times a day. That's where the family accumulates and where friends come over. And so the, the people that are cooking or cleaning and putting things away, it, it just makes the joy of being with your family and during the meal prep time and even, you know, putting the meal on the table, it makes it so much more enjoyable and less frustrating. And so your interaction changes and it just becomes, um, you know, about the way people live. And they do express in their reviews, which people can read at shelfgenie.com. They can go online and see our actual uh, team on the Memphis page, the Mid-South page, by putting in their zip code or um, going to shelfgenie.com slash Mid-South or slash Memphis should get you to our page. And there you can not only meet our team, but you can also see the reviews and understand what people say about it changes our life. It changes our living completely. And they love it. They are over-the-top ecstatic after they um, have their Shelf Genie installed and can't wait to put everything back in. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, um, Cindy. Alan said, in its place. We, Alan and I met you a few years ago at one of these home shows, and, you know, we were set up there just minding our own business. We're, we're, we're doing our radio stuff, and I'm like, what is going on? That that booth has been nonstop over there. We're looking at your booth, and all these people just getting excited. You were very, you know, you got it very structured. It looks great, and you're you're taking appointments. You're, you know, you're, you're demonstrating, and I'm like, Okay, this is this is definitely hitting a niche. People, this this is really uh, right. getting people excited. It's amazing. Yeah, and we are unique in that. Like I said, it, the Shelf Genie approach is um, truly a custom experience from start to finish. So uh, it is not just you're buying um, 
uh, pull out off a shelf and hoping it fits properly. We're going to make sure it fits properly. We're going to make sure it's installed properly. But most importantly, it is going to be right for everything about you, the homeowner. And that is so distinctive. So we hope people will come by our booth today at the Italian Fest. We'll be there at 11, and they can see our Shelf Genie demonstration. Like you said, we have a little demonstration cabinet to fit in our space, and they can book their free in-home consultation. Everything is in-home. This is our only you know, opportunities to display or at the different events. And we will do a 3D design with their kitchen while we're in their home so they can see their cabinets with their Shelf Genie solutions installed. And then it does really come to life visually for them in that personal way. And we'll also price it to the penny while we're in their home consultation. So they could even order on the spot if they wanted to, because it is the price. It's not an estimate. It's not a quote. It's the price. And we'll, um, you know, get that ball rolling as fast as they'd like us to get started. You know, don't undersell that, Cindy, because we, (laughs) Alan, you and I have been through this. Mm -hmm. You call a contractor. Uh, and I, I've, you yep. know, I'm in the, I'm in this business, Cindy, but I, I have to hire people from time to time. Um, and they are like, okay, thanks. Uh, you know, they come and they give you the estimate. Hopefully they're there on time. Not always, or hopefully yeah. they show up. Then it's one of these, okay, well, I'll call you or I'll email you or I'll something. And it could honestly, I've had times where they don't even get back to you or it's, they get mm-hmm. back to you a week later and you still really haven't even ironed out the terms or the price or the scope of work and everything. And it's like people don't want to play games like that. And you come in, you give them a firm price. It's a free consultation. Everybody there involved with Shelf Genie is is, uh, you go to Shelf Genie school. Everybody from the top to the bottom, it's a very tight operation you run. It's very impressive. And I think they love the fact that you give them a firm quote that day right Mm -hmm. there. That's right. Well, That's and like I, I just love that you brought that up because our we are a team. We work together, and everyone is certified. Our designers are certified in the Shelf Genie um, process. Our installers have to be certified to install our product because we offer a lifetime guarantee. And so our team, though, these are contractors who own their own business. They are designers and our installers. And yet, they're also part of the team. So they have a buy-in. They're professionals. They're business owners. And we're going to see to it that we take care of our clients. And they're super happy. Well, Cindy, we're going uh, to give your contact information in a minute. We're hitting a hard break here. So we're going to let you go. Okay. But we'll see you up here at the Memphis Italian Fest uh, in just a little bit. You're listening we look to forward Tool- to it. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. You have no skills and you're a loser! <laughs> News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Wow. You know, when we're on the road, Max just really cuts Ooh. loose with these, uh, it, it, you know, uh. cutting uh, rejoiners. Anyway, mm. I don't know. Chill out, Max. Anyway, welcome back to uh, you Tool guys Talk chill Radio. Out. Coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios, I should say the mobile Brown Refrigeration Headquarters. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm li- I'm liking this uh, Brown Studio on the road. Larry, oh, yeah. you can give us this setup every week, man. Ooh, we would love goodness. it. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our buddy Max over there back at the studio. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901 683 
888-900-0989. And, of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Alan, I've already posted the must-have item of the week, and I also posted the video for my adventure with a uh-huh. snake that we're going to, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. You never know what you're going to come across here in the Mid-South uh, when you're so working. That's so true. Um, but uh, before we get to that, we cut off. Uh, what, sorry, Cindy, we had to let you go quickly. Uh, we, we hit the break quicker than I thought, and we didn't give out all the uh, contact information for Shelf Genie of the Mid-South. But uh, for one thing, if you're going to come to the Italian Festival over here at Park in Mendenhall in East Memphis at uh, Marquette Park, make sure you drop by the Shelf Genie booth and uh, see what we see what we're talking about. When you meet Cindy, you're gonna you're gonna see what a dynamic personality she is, and she's here with her sister Michelle, and they're they're cut from the same cloth, Alan. They get they get uh, very excited about this work that they do. But you can get in touch with them in the meantime at 901-422-8225 or go to shelfgenie.com forward slash Memphis. And, of course, when you call, make sure you tell them that you heard about Shelf Genie uh, here on Tool Talk Radio. Alan, uh, we're a little backed up. Okay, I was holding this because I thought our mm. buddy Jay Hill was going to drop by from Big M Roofing and Remodeling. He um, he said he's going to get here shortly, but he's actually working right now. The guy never lets up. So he's had a busy year. Yeah, he just he he, just won't let up on him. That's how he rolls. But anyway, uh, if you've got any roofing issues or if you've got uh, an interesting remodeling project, but uh, we we talk about the roofing because he Jay offers for one thing they uh, they put in roofing systems. That's what they're all about today. And these are roofing systems that are. Uh, they they have a lifetime transferable warranty. These are, I, I still get I can't really get over that. That just sort of amazes me, Alan. A lifetime transferable warranty. You sell the house to somebody, the warranty mm, carries over to mine. them. Just got mine. You yes. you you've gotten a new roof from Jay Hill. I've gotten a new roof, Brandon Olmstead. I've referred him many times and uh, and had other you know satisfied customers. But he's a GAF Master Elite installer, five stars with the Better Business Bureau and good housekeeping. But the uh, interesting uh, hook that we always uh, promote here is that Jay is a former insurance agent. So when it comes time to uh, consider if your roof uh, replacement or repair is going to be um, covered by your homeowner's insurance, well, he's the perfect person to navigate that system. He he understands what what the process is. He's been through there. He knows the protocols. And really, it's it seems like a very daunting project. But when he shows up, it kind of puts you at ease, and it it it's, you see a path forward. And it's like you know, I will say this, Alan. We had a we had a path forward with uh, the roof replacement on my um you know on my house through our insurance. It was it was it was covered by insurance, and uh, for years I was dreading. I knew we had to replace the roof at some point. Right. And when Jay got into the picture, all of a sudden, it was just, man, it, it just put our mind at ease. And we, we are very satisfied with the roofing system he put in for us. So, Well, we've all talked in the past about why you would hire a professional. And I will tell this story every time we talk about this. There was no greater sense of, of well-being right. when I'm listening to the gentleman from the insurance company and Jay Hill talk in insurance terms yeah yeah he under you know the the biggest thing is he understood every term every form every language every nuance of what they were discussing yeah and i didn't 
No. Just plain and simple. And, I did not. And let's not. face it, it, you don't just pick up the phone and hope for the best with something like this. You you need an advocate. And so not only do you get like a first-rate you know, craftsmanship and a, and a great roofing system, you get an advocate, and it's a, basically a free consultation. There's really no reason not to call Jay uh, when you, when you have any roofing issues, and you might not you might not need a replacement. He might be able to basically do a roof repair. But he and uh, you know, the the good thing is he can put your mind at ease. So get in touch with Jay at 901-484-5645 or go to bigmroofingandremodeling.com. And you know he's dedicated, Alan. If he's missing a chance to hang out here, mm, eat mm-mm. Italian food, have fun, you know, with us, or you know. Well, maybe that's not the big selling point, but if he's if he's turning, you know, uh, saying no to that in favor of getting his work done, you know what a dedicated uh, oh, yeah. person he's, he is. He is an expert at his field. Yep. Oh, the reasons for him not being here are sitting right in front of you. Okay, mm-hmm. there, maybe that's what it is. All right, hey, uh, Max, uh, we've got a Critter Wars to report here. That's the most foul, cruel, and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. I just wanted a hug! Oh, rats in the kitchen! Just like that delightful movie I taped in the theater. <laughs> I still want to see that. The, 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 the Homer Simpson bootleg version of Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Alright, hey Max, so I, I think maybe it's not correct to call this a war because I'm the one I maybe this is human war. I was the I was the oppressor in this situation. You were the aggressor, okay. Well we've talked nonstop about this. If you've listened for, for any number of weeks to our show, you know that I've gotten onto this job that I'm really enjoying, but uh it's just it it doesn't end. I I built her uh uh this woman Becky, great great lady, uh built with uh screened in porch for her then suddenly there was this 200 foot brick and uh wood wall that Mm -hmm. needed more more or less a lot of refurbishing well we're finally at the stage alan it's been rebuilt i've i've taken care of all the wood now we're down to the final touches and i needed to we're going to paint the uh cinder block it's basically a textured cinder block wall it's about eight feet tall well it came time to prime this baby so when I'm down at the bottom, I just got, I, you know, it's right up against dirt. So I'm not all that worried about how I cut in. I'm basically right. slapping that, you know, slinging and flinging, as you would say. Mm-hmm. I got my big, fat, mm-hmm. chunky three-inch mm-hmm. brush, and I'm cutting in at the bottom by the dirt. Right. Well, unbe- so I took a swipe, and all of a sudden this little snake slithered. He was like, it was camouflaged. I didn't right. see it up against the wall. And I got—I have to admit—I got him pretty good. <laughs> I say the snake took about a fifty percent coverage. Oh goodness! With my concrete primer, and then he slithered off, and I felt terrible. I'm like, oh my gosh, this has got to be miserable. It's going to dry. It's going to whatever. And I was looking for him. I—I I was going for the nuclear option. I found a five-gallon bucket. I was going to fill it up with water, rinse him off if I could catch wash him. Got to the snake. I'm all sitting right. there doing all this. And then here we go, Alan. A few minutes later, he slithers out again, and he has no paint on him. Nope. Okay, so I have several questions emerge here, Alan. <laughs> For one thing, I was relieved. I was like, oh, my gosh, this this is a resourceful snake. But what what is the deal? Do you think he went under underground? Because it was a dry day. I mean, mm-hmm. 
did he crawl through dirt? Well, how did the, how did this happen? I was more it was a scientific curiosity at that point. So well, well, you were dealing with oh, a, sorry, and I I have video. I post. I took yes. video of the snake uh, in the aftermath, and you you might see a little drop of gray primer on it, but mostly it was primer free. No, it, it, so go to our Facebook page and you can see it. But Alan, what what was going on with this guy? Well, you've got a variety of things. Well, one. Um, you've got the chemical composition of the snake scales themselves. <laughs> they are. I knew we'd get into this. Well, well yeah. they are environment resistant. So they're used to having it. They're used water stuff, things, you know. And as you said, he is a ground snake. Well, he's, he's he, a little typical garden snake that we have in the Mid-South. And they go under dirt, logs, bushes, leaf piles. They're used to slithering through things. Well, that's a good point because he's not covered in dirt, you know. I mean, right. Their scales are designed to be environmentally resistant. I, I was wondering, this is a deep cut, but uh, you remember that X-Men movie, Days of Future Past, with yes. those uh, those robots that basically they were trying to wipe out all the mutants in, uh, in the Marvel Universe, and they had this ability, like they, they were almost like scales, like a right. snake skin. They could either repel fire or they could turn right. to ice or they could do whatever... That's it. Almost is. I'm picturing that little tiny scales flicking this thing off, or right. or was it like? Did they have like a shellac finish on them or something? Right. Well, or, they you know. do have a a kind of a non-stick coating, if you will. <laughs> of you got they a are, Teflon snake. They're says, well, they're designed again to slither as frictionless as possible through their substrate. Right. So the fact that you got something on him. He went and headed back up underneath where he felt safe. Yeah. And as he moved through the dirt and substrate that he lives in, all of your primer got wiped off. I was impressed too because this is a quick drying primer, and this is extra. This is that extra bond stuff. Right. This will almost stick to glass. It's well, like this was so. a quick moving snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went no, 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 no. We're not doing this, and headed straight back and began rubbing and got his scales clean. Now you know we've we've preached from the mountaintops. I only use latex products outside, right. so this was a latex primer. What would have happened if it was an oil base? That's where I feel like it, it would have been dicier. Well, again, depends upon the chemical reaction with the scales. But again, the scales are environmentally resistant. Right. He is designed to be able to slither through water, debris, stuff. You yeah. Know, he, he's he's designed for this. Well, um, now you shouldn't, you know, dip him and dip him in paint and see what happens. Well, that's kind of yeah. Right. Well, that but, was the thing because I was thinking this is just another reason, folks, not to use uh, oil-based uh, materials for the outside of your home. No, if, if this mold. was a if this was a well, among other things, but then if this was an oil-based product, there's no way I could wash the snake off with no. like paint thinner. No. That would you know that no, would that, be bad. So that, that would be worse. Right. Yeah, but it was very interesting and uh, just it 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 made me kind of wonder about the the, the chemical makeup and all the others. So I, I was relieved. And like I said, folks, I got video footage. Maybe you could uh, go to our Facebook page. Zoom in, see if you can see any any remnants of the primer. But I think he got it off. Yeah, that's a little little garden snake, and and keep in mind their little their little scales yeah. are are similar material to your fingernails. Yeah, and that you know your fingernail is designed to be resistant. Right. So guess what? You know, it, it was no harm, no foul. He had a little bit of an adventure. He probably talked about the giant alien that dropped <laughs> stuff on him and. 
you know, he's talking to his friends today. Stay away from the wall. Yeah, no kidding. But, so, yeah. but uh, but anyway, so that was a, that was good. I wouldn't call it a war. It ended in peace. It, it was an inadvertent uh, encounter. Know, a little peace and action. And this is an example of don't overreact. Right. Yeah. You know, just because it was a snake didn't mean it was bad. Didn't mean it was trying to bite you. No, I was trying to pick it up. He, you know, he was he's <laughs> trying to go his way. Right. Yeah. He but, wanted nothing to do with you. No. But uh, and I guess I got to come up with a name for this snake. I, I like to name these creatures mm. that I encounter. I'll, I'll come up. If you've got a suggestion uh, for a name of this snake, mm. uh, let us know. You can call or text us anytime at the uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901. Old Painty. Old Painty. There you go. Yeah, you know, six, quick eagle, quick reed snake. You know. <laughs> 901-683-0989. Or if you've ever uh, encountered a, a, an animal that you accidentally got paint on, send us a picture. Mm. Hopefully you got it off safely and everything. So. All right, hey Alan. In a minute, we got to get to our must-have item of the week. We don't want to run out because this is one of my favorite ones. But also, uh, what's going on? I've noticed that the uh, Dark Oak Media crew is floating around here. So, oh, we have we have folks everywhere. So uh, let's just see. Uh, Scott J. Carroll is here filming another episode of uh, CC Spotlight because, well, let's face it, this place is full of food. I mean, it's food. It's food. Pops, mm. It's interesting people. It's a beautiful environment. So he's here. For yeah, sure. we, we have our uh, wonderful fo- uh, photographer and friend of the show, Angel Lodson, is running around taking lots of photos of everybody. Yeah. Spoiler: she provided the must-have item of the week too. So, yeah, so. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's because cr- you know one thing I've criticized you with Alan is you don't always take pictures of these things. Yeah, brought a photographer this time. We we got plenty of pictures going on today. Okay. So it's been it's been a great week of. Uh, they people can just pop over to darkoakmedia.com and keep up with our various misadventures. And of course, we'll have lots of pictures and stuff from today's event. Yeah. And uh, once again, I want to give a quick shout out to on the podcast front. If you go to uh, Facebook and go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook, uh, you can click through and find Tool Talk Radio along with Geek Tank Radio and the Cooking Today Show. Uh, we've got lots of listeners around the world these days. We've we've added Scotland. Quick shout out to our folks that popped up in New Zealand, and uh, we have a growing, uh, I guess, of United Kingdom following. Yeah, that's great, man. So uh, say yeah. So 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 greetings to all of you. I hope you'll call or text us or something. Um, you know, but uh, it's great to it's that's a fun part about radio these days. You can have listeners all over the world, which is you know fun. So, and if you miss any past episodes, like like we said, Alan posts all of them. They're on Spotify, mm-hmm. YouTube, other platforms. So Absolutely, it's definitely uh, this was this is a red letter day. I'm sure you're going to get lots of material out of this one. Oh yeah, for give us a like media. and subscribe. Yep. And then, uh, so Alan, and then uh, just my my little shameless plug, just a reminder, if you've got a uh, deck or a patio cover or a screened in porch or a pergola or, you know, anything made out of wood for the outside of your home, that's what I like. It's funny, I showed a picture mm. of this, this uh, snake the other day that, uh, that, that I got the primer on to my wife, and she said, man, you have more encounters with these animals, like mm. I'm seeing frogs, turtles, raccoons, everything. Well, that's one of the fun of the oh, yes. fun things. That's one of the reasons I like to work outside. I almost never get sick either, Alan. I have to believe that's the fresh air and not, you know. We whatever. keep you away from people. Yeah. So get in touch with me. You can call me directly at 901-921-7105 or go to my website, thorshomes.com. 
And I hope I said the name of my business slow enough because I've been told I say it too fast. Anyway, Max, uh, we want to get to our must-have item of the week. So, Alan, I've already posted this. And I don't know. This is going to be – this is something you'll probably have to hunt for. But uh, tell people what I'm holding up here. You are holding a novelty hammer pen. Okay, and they're like, what the heck is this all about? <laughs> it is a beautiful, it's, I'd call it, it's the size of a pen. It's got a nice heft to it. Um, our friend Angel Lodgson, as we said, she's one of the best supporters of the, sh- of the show. She's been listening, or I should say suffering through mm, ever since the mm. beginning. But um, this pen, the reason I like it, Alan, believe it or not, this, this little hammer pen that Actually I've got. works. It works, and it's like... <laughs> I don't know what it is, but this pen motivates you. Mm. It's and and you got one. She gave you. I yep, think it was it an is. adjustable wrench yep. pen. I have to admit, I think I like mine better though because this I have one, actually used mine. This so. could this almost works on a little finishing nail yes. or a tack or whatever. But the bigger thing is, it puts you in mind. Well, and it's a great pen actually. It works mm. really well. You can even I think replace it once uh, the it slides out. I think I could replace the uh, replace the, the, the pen guts when, it, when yeah. it came to it. I don't know. For some reason, though, I feel like um, the motivational, the motivational uh, factor is important on this thing. It makes you want to go pick up a hammer and get working, man. Well, it's also kind of cute in the toolbox, and you always got a pen on hand because you always need a pen or pencil. Yeah, good branding. I mean, if you have this pen floating around and you're doing carpentry work or whatever, that's that's kind of awesome. a no-brainer, you mm-hmm. know. So, but Angel, I thought uh, we wanted to showcase this uh, this great gift that that. Uh, you know, I keep it with me every day, and it gets a lot of use. And uh, it was it was very kind of her to do that. So, I thought it deserved a salute for well, the week. Well, absolutely. So. <laughs> well, Alan, you've been very. Um, I have to say, I thought there'd be more food references from you today. Uh, you've talked more about food than I have. Yeah. Well, I mean, w- what do you think? What are you going to do when we get off the air here? Because we what got do a couple you think hours. I'm going to do. I'm going to bolt for a table. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, what do you think of the operation? I'm, I'm looking across the tent. I mean, I'm seeing people firing up grills. I'm seeing um, mm. a lot, almost an assembly line. Oh, process. It smells so good out here. So, I mean, so what do you think? So, what, what, well, you know, you're you're we're getting to showcase a side of cooking that I think every home cook. You know, if you're not a big kitchen person, it's hard not to get motivated going to a food based festival. Yeah, because you learn you will learn lots of tips and tricks because like we like we said earlier, food is not necessarily cooked. Food is assembled. That's what you said. I didn't get it, but I think I see your point. Well, you know, for these people here, they all have a process and a goal. Yeah. And they are out to get this done. And uh, last week I had a chance to uh, chat with Dan, the Lego man. Oh, and he was talking great. about his big party he had to feed a lot of people at. And so he and I got to talking about, well, some grilling tips. I heard your food dude uh, segments on uh, the morning news are very, yeah, they're good every Thursday morning. And so we have a lot of fun with this. And what's kind of weird is everybody's kind of like, well, you, you love food and you do tools. And you're like, they're not that different. No, uh, Scott was an engineer, the guy that's won yeah. this thing six years in a row. So, I mean, yeah. There's, there are a lot of correlations between what you and I do as our day jobs and what I do as my, my evening occupation. Right. Of When you think about setting up your kitchen, it's just like setting up your workspace. If it's cluttered and disorganized, it's difficult to get your work done. 
Yeah. And for any professional, your work area is laid out for you. You know, I've I've seen your garage, Joe, and <laughs> it is it's it's pretty tight. Well, you kind of know where your stuff. Yeah, it's a little junky. It's, it's here better and now. There. It's no, I've, I've, it's pretty clean now, actually. So, yeah. but you know, it's pretty tight. You know, if you get in there and you decide, all right, today we're going to build a table. Right. You know where everything is in there. You need to build a table. Yeah. Now, when you get out to a festival like this and you walk over to these booths, you get a very similar effect. That's what I'm noticing. This is like this reminds me exactly of like like I said, if I go build a screened in porch for somebody, right. I set up a command center with my mm-hmm. saws and my sawhorses and stuff and it's the same thing here. They've got that one you know, they've got a refrigerator over there, they've got a shelf, but they gotta really be strategic on what they actually bring. They can't bring everything. Can't bring everything. You gotta bring only the things that are pertinent to the job at hand. Yeah. You know, for instance, you and I go on a job site. We don't bring everything, every tool we have. No, you can't. Sometimes it looks like it, but we really don't. No. You know, we have a whole garage full of tools back at home that we didn't bring because they weren't germane to what we were trying to get done. So when you look across here and you look at the way the different tents are set up, you can tell that different cooking teams have different priorities. Right. Some of them have grills. Some of them have, uh, like, you know, our friends right across from us, they are all about that gravy. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm seeing this morning, I was seeing them cutting a lot of vegetables and pressing mm-hmm. things and doing whatever. It seems like that's what they're all about. They're, they're just paying attention to all the details. And, of course, you know, they've, they've won Mama Biondi. Uh, how, uh, how do you say your name? Ban- Whatever. Biondini, I'm sorry. Yep, sorry, Biondinis. Scott. I think I mispronounced it. But uh, anyway, you guys, we're going to be here uh, all day today. We want you to uh, drop by the uh, um, News Talk 98.9. Yeah, come by and see booth. us. We're going to be doing uh, – so coming up, we've got the Real Deal Racing Report right after us. And this is interesting, Alan. Ditch and uh, Bud are going to be doing the Motor yes. Mouse Live. So that's that's fun. And and that starts at 11, when, and that's when the uh, festival opens. Then you and me and Brandon Olmstead will be back on for Geek Tank Radio. And uh, by then, um, this place is going to be rocking. It, it's going to be open, and I think we might have a plate of food with us. So, oh, yeah. We'll yeah. be well-fed and, and everything. But uh, we hope you'll get down here, check out the Memphis Italian Fest. Probably just go to their Facebook page, or you can go to their website. Uh, it's at in, in Market Park in East Memphis at the corner of Park and uh, Park and Mendenhall. A lot of fun. It's just you could not have gotten a better day. I've been to these things for, mm. for 25 years, Alan, and this is hands down one of the best, weather-wise, one of the nicest days we've ever had. No oh, rain, amazing. No mud. We're not tracking through, you know, any mm-hmm. of that. So, and it's it's something for all ages. You know, bring your kids, and and you're gonna enjoy the music tonight. It's a real party atmosphere. Very cozy, very safe. You know, we're right next to the first aid booth. What are they? Well, they, I, they I think that's on purpose. Yeah, I think that's on purpose. So anyway, well, you've been listening to another uh, diverse and action-packed episode of uh, Tool Talk Radio, but it's time to get out of here. So, on behalf of my friends uh, Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there uh, back at the studio, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Tool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>